she's like, you know you're an empath. And I was like, what? And she was like, you're feeling not just your own pain in this breakup, but you're feeling his pain as well. Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lavender Lifestyle. It's your host, Eileen. I have a question for you. Are you an empath? Do you even know what an empath is? In today's episode, we're talking all about empaths with our guest, Robin Scott. Trained as a social worker, Robin has taken her love for social justice and combined it with her spirit's gifts of writing, creativity, and entrepreneurship to found thediaryofanempath.com, a website that helps empaths like herself understand their abilities and trust in themselves and their callings. She's inspired by the use of creativity to forward humanity and storytelling to create community and loves helping other healers and creatives embrace their gifts and ground them into profitable brands and offerings. Hi Robin, welcome to the Lavender Lifestyle. How are you? I'm doing so great. I'm I was just telling you this, but I'm so, so, so excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. So let's talk about an empath. What is an empath and how do you know if you're an empath? My definition of an empath is someone who's like highly receptive. So you take on, receptive being you take on, so you take on the energy of the external world. Mm -hmm. But it's been a definition that I've had to learn and relearn and learn again over the past couple of years. But at the core of it, it's that you are just very fluid with your world. So you take on other people's thoughts, other people's feelings, other people's Mm -hmm. pain without realizing that that's what you're doing often until you have your wake-up call that you're an empath. But yeah, at the core. And something I teach with my community is the different intuitive styles. So people Mm -hmm. like myself, so I take on a lot of thought forms. I won't. Interesting. Do you do that as well? Well, so you're saying you take on thought forms more than emotions? Yeah, which is a shift oh. in the definition of empath that I've learned along my journey. Mm-hmm. But the the two take on thought forms is someone who's claircognizant. So it's an intuitive mm-hmm. style. Someone who wow. takes on, yeah, feelings would be more clairsentient. I feel like I am stronger with like knowing people's emotions. What are the different types of empaths, if you can like clarify? What's interesting with, with what you just said, when I watch your content from the lens of an empath, you are most definitely an empath. You're very watery to me. Oh, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> so if, if you look at the different elements of the earth, so water, air, fire, earth Mm -hmm. water to me always represents emotions so when Mm -hmm. I'm in like a client call and I start to see water or I'll feel water which is it's like a dampness like the inside of my body which is clairsentience it's a clear feeling Mm -hmm. but when I feel water I'm like this person's very very emotion based so yeah Mm -hmm. you're definitely emotion based but the different types of empaths they're known as the clairs so the claircognizant which is your clear knowing empath the clairvoyance is your clear seeing empath so these are the people who take on 
a lot of visual cues from the external world. So they see a lot of repeating numbers. They see mm. a lot of patterns, like with noticing different things like animals and stuff like that. Um, there is clairsentient empath, which is clear feeling. So you mm-hmm. feel the emotions of other people and the world. A lot of empaths are tapped into the collective feelings. So they can feel when something big is going to happen on mm-hmm. Earth. It could be something like a volcanic eruption or something like an attack, like a terrorist attack. I know I've had issues around that stuff, like feeling wow. things before they happen. Wow. I should add this before we keep going. Everyone can be all of them. Like every empath can tune into all their intuitive facilities, but you have a prominent one when you come in. Interesting. When you were talking about clairvoyance, I think for me in the past, I have seen that word meaning that you can see the future. But is there a, a difference to you between like having those extra abilities versus, you know, the intuitive sense? Is there a difference or is it all, is it the same? It's all the same. It's all just you're receptive mm. to energy. It can be energy in the moment. So you're seeing, you know, a, a 555 everywhere and you're like picking that up with your clear seeing or you're seeing into the future timelines which is what would be considered like a psychic right yeah interesting so I want to know more about your story when and how did you discover you were an empath I discovered so I was in social work school and I was going through a pretty dramatic breakup and I was going to quit social work school and it was just a lot to handle on my heart and I was confused because I had been through breakups before, but this one was, like, incredibly intense. Like, I I was just feeling a lot of things. And so I was like, okay, I need to get help because I I don't want to give up my career and I don't want this to, like, knock me out for life. Mm -hmm. So I went and my mom had this program through her work where you could hire, like, a therapist And so I ended up going to visit the therapist, and at the end of the call, she's like, we were talking about the breakup the whole call, and she's like, you know you're an empath. And I was like, what? And she was like, you're feeling not just your own pain in this breakup, but you're feeling his pain as well. And I thought that was super interesting. It's like paradigm shifting. It's like, okay. Mm -hmm. And then what's interesting is that night I was... I was in the middle of like my own awakening, you could say, and I booked my very first Reiki session that night. Didn't think they were related at all that I was going to this therapy and then this Reiki, I just wanted to feel better. And I ended up there at the Reiki session and she looked at me and she said, you know, you're an empath. And I was like, <laughs> twice in one day, like Right, what is it's this? a sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I started to just Google it on the internet to be like, what's an empath? And... At first, it's like that wake-up call of like, wow, these things that I've always had. So for me, like seeing ghosts as a child was mm. normal. And wow. you, you kind of convince yourself that it's not. Like you're like, no, it's not real. And the people around you convince you it's not. So you grow up being like, what I experience isn't real. Uh, I see. And then you finally realized you had like a shift in how you saw yourself oh yeah Yeah. huge identity shift when you get a label that fits you right and how did that change things for you how did it change your life once you accepted okay I'm an empath I'm different yeah 
I kind of see it as like we're walking this staircase because for when I learned I was an empath, the label I had before that was like mentally ill. Like that was wow, like, you know, really? like I'm depressed or mm. anxious, which is why I went into social work. I wanted to work in the mental health field. And I remember one time just being at like a, a circle, a gathering as a patient, like someone, an outpatient going to get mental health services along my journey. And the psychiatrist was saying something to me and I just knew, claircognizant, I'm like, there's something more here. I'm not sick in the way that you know, it's being described to me. I don't think this label fits me. I think it was an anxiety label, like generalizing anxiety. And I just remember that. So I was, mm-hmm. so I kept that. And then I remember when I, when they were saying you're an empath and I was just curious and searching it. And I started to read about how empaths can get labeled with anxiety because of what they experience. If you feel the world around you and people around you are really stressed out, you're going to feel that. And you're not going to be able to know that that's what you're feeling. So realizing I was an empath gave me this more, in my perspective, like a more fitting, empowering label. Yeah. To be like, wow, this this is actually feels better to what's going on. And that's not to say, you know, anxiety doesn't exist. It totally does. And mental challenges don't exist. They totally do. But for me and my journey, it was not a fit. This was a mm-hmm. fit. And yeah. then since then... I've gone on to, you know, like learn more about being intuitive and and all that. So I have different labels that I resonate with more now. But Mm -hmm. so what do you believe is the purpose of empaths? Let's talk about that. To be connected to I think we all have very specific purposes for being intuitive and sensitive healers, creatives. And I don't know if I can get too meta on the the interview but I really believe we're like birthing a whole new reality like a whole new world what do you mean by that like for you for example like with your work and your creativity it's like you're setting a new norm for what people can do with their lives Mm -hmm. and whereas 10 years ago what you do would be totally unheard of oh yeah it didn't exist but you knowing (laughs) yourself like being intuitive feeling you probably felt your way yeah you know like I feel I should go this way I feel like I should start this I feel and that was your navigation system Mm -hmm. and now you've created a whole new way of being I see what you're saying it's we can be innovative in this world because we feel our way through using our intuition whereas people who are not feelers they tend to look at what's been done before like people like pragmatic people look at the past and be like okay logically i can do this and this but if you want to innovate maybe it's there's there's more intuitive and feeling related to it being creative yeah yeah or or whatever your intuitive like whatever type of empath you identify with being so if you are a clear cognizant like me i kept getting downloads like this is not right for you, Robin. This is not right for you, Robin. Mm, And so each time I had that and I learned to trust that, I was Mm -hmm. then able to create this whole conversation around being an empath that's pulling a lot of people out of those older labels, like mental illness labels, if they don't fit them. You know, and I'm, I'm creating a new conversation. So we're creating a world. You're creating it. I'm creating it. The people listening to this are creating it based on their past that is is much more fitting you know right so 
something that a lot of people get confused with is they don't know whether the voice that they hear is their intuition or is it something else or is it someone else's uh, like thoughts, feelings, or opinions. How do you know if that voice is the right one to, to listen to? Ooh. So I want to go two ways with this. The one, when you say the voice to listen to, there's clear audience and past. So they actually hear voices. Mm. And that's a different conversation right. because I know you're, you're talking more about like the intuitive the intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, that's a really cool one to look into too. It often develops in people like as you grow in your intuition because it's not often the one that people feel first. But when it comes to following your path and knowing you know, what is your truth based on your intuition, I give people a super simple activity. You have to activate your solar plexus. So it's, Mm. you know, the chakra right above your belly button. And it is your identity. It is known as like the ego. And Mm. I believe the ego is a very good thing because the ego is like our compass. And it says like, yes, you've come in to be an individual. And so the individual, like the ego is representative of the individual. And when the ego is saying, yes, do this, which is your solar plexus, your gut feeling saying, yes, do this, that's what you need to be doing. And when your ego, your solar plexus, your gut feeling is saying, no, don't do this, you don't do that. That's not your intuition. Mm. A lot of intuitive, sensitive people who take on the external world take it on through their solar plexus. And their solar plexus, like when I meet them, I can feel it very mushy. Like a, it's not a strong energy center. It's just very mushy. And that just tells me that they aren't strong in their own self-knowing. Right. So how do people develop that self-knowing? A very simple thing you can do is at the end of every day, write down, like a, take a blank piece of paper, write feels good and feels bad. So like a column for feels good and a column for feels bad. And then go in and go 10 things, like reflect on your day and be like, okay, 10 things. What 10 things felt good? And they can be so normal, like uh, drinking coffee, seeing the color blue, wearing a jean jacket, you know, the smell Mm -hmm. of the the air, um, talking to my best friend, my dog, my cat, like whatever it is, what feels good to you. And then you go and you do your feels bad and you reflect on your day and you say, okay, it felt bad when I saw something like the red umbrella. It can be very Mm -hmm. random. Or it felt Mm -hmm. bad when someone cut me in line. It felt bad when I lacked self-confidence. It felt bad Mm -hmm. when I wore those pants. You know, it's like tuning into what is your feels good and what is your feels bad, which is different for each of us. And then what you notice, if you do this, even if you do it for two weeks, you're going to start to notice as you go about your day, you're going to be tuned in. It's like you're you're fine-tuning your solar plexus, and you're going to be just going about your day, and someone's going to ask you to do something, and you're going to be like, you're going to feel that feels bad. Right. And it's going to be really strong, and you're going to be like, that's, that's a no for me. Right. It's it's funny how your body already knows what's good for you and what's not good for you. And this is random, but something that Marie Forleo says is 
only say yes when your whole body feels like a yes. And if it doesn't feel like, you know, when your whole body's like super excited, you're like, yes, I want to do this thing. If it doesn't feel like that, then you should say no. And that's something that I've been like trying to practice doing because in the past I would, you know, say yes to things that I didn't really want to do. And I know a lot of people are like really mushy in that area. So you have to like tune into your body because your body knows. And for empaths, we're so outwardly projected. You said it so well in your recent video, your public service announcement to empaths. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you said it so well. Like, we're so outwardly projected and we're constantly filtering everything through because we can feel it, we can know it, we can see it, however our intuitive style is. But we're constantly filtering everything through the outside perspective. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make such a point to come back to our own bodies. And for me, it's yeah. like the own gut, like that ego, that solar plexus. Yeah. What is your take on that? Like, because my video talked about, you know, you can be too considerate or too empathetic about other people's feelings that you, it comes at the expense of your authenticity. So do you believe that you should always be fully authentic or is there like, you know, it's, it's debatable, right? Yeah, I'm a Libra rising. (laughs) And so I'm very much made to be a people pleaser and to, to be like a mediator in situations. So I Mm -hmm. value balance. So I, I think it's contextual. I think everything is contextual. So for me and my truth, it's to be authentic in a way that's serving of all. So how can you do it Mm -hmm. to in a way that's self-serving and not or and serving to collective right because you shouldn't sacrifice yourself for for other people or don't do that too much yeah and i i think it can be a Mm win-win anytime i approach a situation i work with a lot of empaths in business or empaths getting started in business which is a whole it's an interesting dynamic because you're coming in as someone who's been so people-pleasing and so tuned into the external world and doing everything for everyone else all the time and all of a sudden you're like okay I want to share my gifts I want to ground my gifts I want to create these offers and now I I have to receive money and they can go right into the other person's perspective of like I don't want to take their money Mm -hmm. you know like and so we we do a lot of work around, okay, but it's give and take. Like it has mm-hmm. to be a balance. Yeah, so true. Hi loves, let's take a break and talk about how to make 2020 your best year. As an artist of life, you have the power to envision and create the life you've always wanted. So as we enter a new decade, seize this opportunity to take action towards your dreams in 2020. To guide your year, I created the 2020 Artist of Life Workbook, a journal filled with 125 pages of questions and exercises to help you self-reflect, clarify your vision, set goals in all areas of your life, execute your goals, and track your progress monthly with sections on self-love overcoming fear habit tracking gratitude journaling and more the artist of life workbook keeps you accountable and guides your growth throughout the year it's a tool to keep you inspired motivated and organized helping you live your best life all the exercises within have personally helped me change my life for the better and i'm confident that they'll do the same for you to get started go to shop.lavendare.com to get your copy of the 2020 artist of life workbook again that's shop.lavendare.com 
what is your opinion on self-worth too? Because I know just that feeling of not feeling good enough. As an empath, how has it been for you? Well, my Chiron placement is... I was, I was actually trying to listen to your... There was a podcast you did on astrology. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out what your Chiron was. Do you know it? No, I don't. I haven't looked... Is that the asteroid? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what... I'm not an astrologist, so I don't... I only know from what I've learned and picked up on my own journey, but right. it's your wounded healer. So it, uh, it's not part of like your your main chart, but yeah. there's gold in it because your Chiron, it's like, where are you most wounded? And then when you heal that, how are you here to, to help, which is that oh. balance thing. And for me, my Chiron's in Leo and Leo represents self-worth. It's the lion energy. And so... When my mm-hmm. Chiron is healthy, I'm here to empower and help people find their worth, which is, I think, why I'm so drawn to business and everything, because that's such a tangible, like, worth. Like, yeah, you're going to be paid for your gifts. Right. But when my Chiron's not healthy, I can fall into not enough. And a lot of people within the creative fields often have a Chiron in Leo because it is such, like, a, a creative energy. But what I... I find around self-worth affirmations always help mm. me because my self-worth fluctuates all the time around yeah. like what environment am I in? Am I feeling their lack of self-worth? Does this environment like not believe in me? That affects me so strongly. Oh yeah. And I, I think that affects a lot of people listening to your podcast if they're sensitive and oftentimes energy, it can be invisible like if you can't see it. And so we don't recognize that if we're, for example, trying to birth something, maybe it's like a YouTube channel and you want to birth this YouTube channel and it's like your, your feels good is saying like, yes, this is the way to go. And you're around a family who's always said, you know, art, you can't make it as an artist or you can't make it yeah. as a creative. You're going to feel that and that's going to affect, you know, what you believe of yourself, what you believe you're worth, like you're going to feel that and I definitely did yeah same that's my story too my parents did not believe in art or creativity as a career yeah yeah so you just feel everything but you're making a new norm you're being such a leader thank you (laughs) all right so we have a question from Facebook Sumaira asks how can empaths protect themselves when they have to be around others who express their anger and frustration you know energy vampires you know people you live with or family members what works for me, and I've used it since 2015, is a very simple affirmation. I'm cleared of anything that is not mine. And you can say mm. it out loud, or you can say it internally. Like if you're at family dinner and right. people are projecting on you or you're feeling something, you can right. just say it in your head. Um, I am cleared of anything that is not mine. Words are wand. Ah, well, do you do that while you're in the situation or do you do this at the end of the day to clear yourself? Yeah, very proactive. Um, Another thing that helps me is to, especially early on in my journey when I was still learning to decipher my energy from other people's energy is to put yourself in a protective bubble with your Mm -hmm. imagination. And so I would like just imagine a pink. For some reason, I was really drawn to pink. Um, pink's Mm -hmm. like the color frequency of love green is as well but you can imagine it 
whatever color feels right to you and you just see it around you and then you mm-hmm. ask that only love comes in again with your word and yeah. that that all can go out like that you can release anything you feel and I would wear that bubble that imaginary bubble going to school like going to mm-hmm. my social work classes or going down the street to the grocery store the grocery store is a big one yeah yeah and this is just because you mentioned your social work again I know that if you're working in that field it's really easy to get influenced by you know the people you work with and pick up their energy and trauma so do you use that pink bubble when you have to like go to work (laughs) and face these situations or how do you I guess separate between a really energy depleting job and your personal life well I don't work in the field right now I've completely transitioned to my work with um, empaths but when I was in the field it was a lot of protecting myself and Again, because I take on a lot of thought forms, it was protecting my mental plane. So we have like a mental plane, emotional plane, a physical plane, a spiritual plane, which is just like different energy bodies. And for someone who's claircognizant, the most important thing was to protect my my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And so when, even if it wasn't just clients, there's a lot of trauma within the social work profession as as like a whole, because... Mm -hmm. We're very much there to, like, the profession's there to find problems and remedy them and be the support for them. And when we're always focused on problems, 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 that's a very heavy energy. So when I'm solution-focused, when I want to create, you know, new things in this world, it was really hard for me to be within a profession that was very unconsciously pushing a lot of problems or everywhere and so mm-hmm. I had to be very proactive to be like, I, I'm cleared of what's not mine because I'm here to mm-hmm. be like a solution finder. Right. Interesting. Now I'm going to move on to some rapid fire questions. If you're mm-hmm. ready. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay. okay. So the first question is, what does your dream life look like? Ooh, it feels like peace. <laughs> it feels like impact. And because you said look like yeah and I love that you said feels like (laughs) I yeah it's hard for me to put like a a a tangible thing on it it just looks like impact like I'm Mm -hmm. I'm making impact but it's easier for me to drop into feels I could give you a whole list no I love that yeah (laughs) all right what is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody Ooh, your work can I say oh, that? thank you. <laughs> You're so sweet. I actually, like, a big thing for me is to, like, stay in my own lane and listen to my higher self, my intuition, more than, like, the external world. Mm-hmm. So I've had to put up blinders when it comes to my work. I used mm-hmm. to be very inspired by um, Gabrielle Bernstein's work, Rebecca Campbell. Oh, yeah. Love them. Her work, um, Rise, Sister, Rise, is like a beautiful movement but mm-hmm. I definitely put up a lot of blinders like like the horse blinders on my life what do you mean by blinders and why like I've had to like when I'm saying like I'm a claircognizant those thought downloads when I started my website way before I understood what I was doing it was like that first like pull like go here do this I remember getting a thought download that said stay in your own lane mm-hmm. and I was like okay so for me, over time, what I've learned is that I am so easily influenced by the external world. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not 
just focusing on what like my spirit says is my next step, I can get lost in all the things I should do or I'm supposed mm. to do. And yeah. so I've had to get very cognizant of not, you know, reading too much of other people's stuff to to ensure mine stays authentic. Yeah. But when I keep complimenting your work, it's like you like for some reason your work feels very safe to my work. Oh, wow. What a compliment. <laughs> if you'd had to like blind yourself from, you know, all those other people, that that's very interesting. I'm I'm definitely inspired by people like I'm inspired by community members like going out and going for walks and seeing people interact with people or mm-hmm. I'm very inspired by animals and I'm very inspired by like my partner and I have those types of things but when it comes to books and stuff it's been a few years since I've you know consumed more than I've created but it might right. might change again right. I'm just in a phase of creation I see. Yeah, I I think there always has to be a balance between consuming and creating. And I personally don't like to watch too many other YouTube videos because I don't want it to affect my style or my voice too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what is one habit that has changed your life? Ooh, my feels good, feels bad lists. Mm-hmm. Doing those when I yeah. when I didn't know my voice to, to activate it, like my inner right. voice. Awesome. What is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten? Ooh, uh, so much from, I, I want to say from my own higher self, but like... Yeah, say it. <laughs> like the thing about staying in your own lane, like that was critical to me at the mm-hmm. time uh, when I was starting everything. And, and now that I have continued, like it's always been like when I get lost, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Or I start to, you know, go too far in a different direction that's not me and it starts to feel off it's like stay in your own lane brings me right back in um another thing my higher self said one time was I don't remember she worded it so much like better but it it was something about like you can't grow a seed if you don't first plant it Mm. and I thought that was interesting because I think a lot of the times as creatives we look out and we're like okay we want to get to where that person is but the reality is that person didn't get there if they didn't plant that first embarrassing seed, like mm-hmm. that first Instagram post or that first yep. blog post, or even like the first moment where they acknowledge that they did want to be a creative in the world. Yeah. So that pulls me back anytime I have a new idea or something. And I'm, I think about the long term of like how long it will take to grow this thing that I want to create. And, I, and that holds me back. I'll be like, okay, but you can't grow it if you don't first plant it. So let's exactly. come to the now. I love that. Okay, the last one is finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is? Freedom. <laughs> yeah, like the freedom yeah. to speak and be yeah. and create and and live on your own terms and and do what you want. It always comes I love that. back to freedom. What's yours? No, freedom is one of my words. That's why I got surprised because like I want to live a life of freedom, abundance, joy, those things. But I have a lot of answers for this one. But it's yeah, freedom is one of those words that I always focus on every day. It, it's interesting. The feeling of freedom. Like I used to think freedom, like I was a very rebellious soul, like, a, you know, social work, mm-hmm. like social justice. I, I was always just like, let me disrupt this pot. Like I just needed right. to do that. And that's what I thought freedom was for a long time. But what I'm growing into is like freedom of mind, like the to not be so 
boxed in by, for example, similar to what your public service announcement for Empaths was, is like everyone else's triggers. Like, yeah. how can I free myself from carrying the responsibility of carrying right. their pain and their triggers? So it's mm-hmm. been like the subtleties of freedom that I'm leaning into. And yeah, it's it's such yeah. a nice feeling. Yeah, for me, it's like freedom to be your authentic self, freedom to do, you know, live the life that you want. Because I felt like growing up, I was very much, I felt very controlled, you know, by parents or I felt like, I didn't have as many choices, so now I just yearn for more freedom. Yeah, you do such a good job of of leading that. Awesome. So lastly, where can we find you online, Robin? You can find me on my website. It's thediaryofanempath.com. And on my podcast, which is The Empath Podcast. And that also has its own website, theempathpodcast.com. Or over on Instagram, at thediaryofanempath. Awesome. Everyone, go check out Robin, Diary of an Empath. Thank you so much for being here. It was so nice to talk to you. And you have such a sweet, gentle energy about you. (laughs) I love it. I appreciate it. What does it feel like if you feel like water? Yours? It feels soft. It feels like soft, gentle, and welcoming. Like you make me want to slow down. Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) You make me want to flow. Like, oh. It's yeah, you have a very beautiful energy. So I appreciate that. And I, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be on your podcast and get to connect with your community. And I know I, I may have used some big words in the sense of words that aren't of, you know, the normal day to day language that we use. And I do, I create a lot of free resources if people want to dive into them. And a big one my spirit's wanting me to say is like, you can Google the Claire's. You can find a lot of information on them and it really does ground your experiences and it really does make you feel like you finally found what it is, you know, you experience. Awesome. Well, I hope this reaches the people it needs to reach. And yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Robin Scott. Now, I just want to share some key takeaways before we go. So the first key takeaway is the fact that there are more than one type of empaths. There's many different types of empaths. I actually didn't know that. I didn't know there are different types, whether it's like emotion-based, thought-based, seeing-based, hearing-based. So it's something worth looking up and looking into if you're curious about what type of empath you are. Robin actually has a page on her website describing the different types of empaths so if you just go to the diary of an empath.com slash empaths with an s at the end then you'll find that it's a really good place to start the second key takeaway is to recognize that as an empath you are blessed with this gift for a purpose you you have this gift for a reason and you're meant to use it so robin talked about using this gift for connection and understanding people understanding the world but also being able to create something new that's never been done before empaths have this creative ability to tap into source tap into your intuition regardless of the way you do it and receive i guess downloads from the universe or some inspiration some insights to help you create something new in this world and that's really incredible it's really important and it's something to recognize in yourself that your empathetic ability is not a crutch you know it's a it's a source of power and it's something that you should consider using and tapping into more often. 
The next key takeaway is learning how to understand and strengthen your own voice, the voice within, the intuitive voice that you should listen to. So Robin talked about feeling it in your solar plexus, which is around your gut. You know, we talk about having the gut feeling that something is right or something is wrong. So one way to train this sense is to do her exercise at the end of the day, writing a list of what feels good and what feels bad. And I guess after doing this, I'm going to try this myself, but it should help you hone your skill and sharpen your ability to know whether your intuition is spot on and to know whether your intuition is telling you whether something is right or something is wrong. And the last key takeaway I want to share is learning to put up boundaries to protect yourself. If you're an empath, you can easily let other people in, whether it's their feelings or their thoughts, and it can be overwhelming. It can be a lot to take in. So Robin talks about how she puts up this like pink protective bubble, which I think is really helpful, and also reminding yourself of this thought, this affirmation, I am cleared of anything that is not mine. So you don't have to take on everyone's emotions their stresses it's like too much of a burden for you to handle so understand that you have to create those boundaries to protect your own self to protect your well-being and your mental health because if you don't do it no one else will no one else is going to protect you the same way that you can protect yourself all right that's it for today hope you like today's talk sending you so much love and i will talk to you guys next sunday All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to The Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the artist of life. Sending you so much love. Bye.